Welcome to StoryCorps Columbus. I'm Leticia Wiggins. StoryCorps is a national nonprofit that collects and preserves stories from across the country in a mobile recording studio. StoryCorps Columbus brings you interviews from Central Ohioans who shared their stories during StoryCorps' recent visit to our city. Today, writing with Major Taylor for 40 years. Marshall Major Taylor was a professional African-American cyclist who stormed the cycling scene and broke racial barriers in the late 1800s. Jonathan William Tolbert IV talks to his father, John W. Tolbert III, about how Major Taylor became the namesake for a Columbus-based bicycle club that's 40 years old. John III tells his son they didn't know much about riding bikes when they started, and none of them had heard of the man who would become the club's namesake. So one of our founding members was in a bike shop one day, and he saw this article on Marshall Major Taylor, a black cyclist, 1898. And he picked it up, and he read the history of Marshall Taylor uh, and came back to Columbus and said, we ought to start a cycling club. And we did. And seven of us started the club and named it after Marshall Major Taylor. So give you some background. In, in the 1800s, when he first got into cycling, uh, he entered a number of races. And quite often, he was the only African-American in those races, and, and he would win. And after those races, they would beat him up or tell him he couldn't race anymore. Knowing the kind of prejudice that he faced, um, that was just prevalent during those times. Jim Crow, the whole nine yards. But, but he ascended above that because by going to Europe, he saw that not everybody had something against being black. And so he flourished in, in Europe. It was only when he came back to America that he had the problems of race, which we all know is a historical fact. But, but the point is that for us who decided to name the club after Major Taylor Cycling, it was a proud thing because nobody heard of him. We knew the Jackie Robinsons, you know, the, all those good folks, those athletes, you know, who broke the color barrier for a number of reasons. But in cycling, a black? I mean, with all the Tour de France's, you, you never saw a black cyclist. Right. Here's the interesting thing. As we became more known as a cycling club under the name of Major Taylor, we would go on rides all around the country. And it was more white people that knew about Major Taylor than, than black folks. How were you guys? Were you guys accepted in the cycling community? Did people take you seriously? I would assume that, you know, it's kind of dissimilar to, to any, you know, minorities that show up into a sport that that's not really recognized in, in their culture mm -hmm. and they break through that they're they're met with a little bit of backlash. Did you guys ever face any of that or? No, the cycling community is pretty uh, welcoming. So let me start with being accepted. Uh, the only thing that we uh, didn't have at first were good bikes. I mean, we was riding around on Huffies, you know, bikes that weighed 15, 16 pounds. And, you know, we kept wondering why everybody else could just go off and leave us. Well, over time, we figured out, like, you got to get a real bike. So, you know, we got a lot of help from uh, individuals that we didn't even know about what bikes to buy and stuff like that. And, and we upgraded our bikes. Um, but we never had any problems with... Uh, you know, any kind of prejudice with, with our club. Um, actually, our club is very diverse. We have blacks, whites, anybody, male, female in the club, which was really great from the very get-go. So as time went on, 
we became more acceptable. And how did we get ourselves emerged into the cycling community? Because we were fast. And everybody wanted to hook onto our line when we were riding because they knew we rode fast. And so over time, the word spread about Major Taylor Cycling Club of Columbus, and now we have probably about 30 or more different clubs across the country under the name of Major Taylor. So how does a black man from Southern Virginia get into cycling? <laughs> that's, that's another good question. You're on, you're on point today. Uh, well, five guys that I've been hanging out in, in, with in Columbus back in the early 70s, all of them were athletes. Matter of fact, one of them, Lloyd Pate, uh, played for the Buffalo Bills and got replaced by O.J. Simpson. So, you know, I couldn't play basketball anymore. He couldn't play football anymore. And the other guys couldn't play their sports. So they just decided to go cycling. And what happened was one of the guys who had been cycling for years said, why don't you all ride this ride down to Portsmouth, which was 210 miles round trip. So we did it. That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And as a result of that, <clears throat> I saw that there was a whole different world of camaraderie and challenges. Last week we did a ride with uh, uh, a New Salem Baptist Church. And on the sidewalk there were residents who were watching us you know, yeah. come down the street. Yeah. We heard for the first time a group of young black kids say, wow, we've never seen that many black people on a bicycle. Right. So so that So how did that make you feel? That made us feel great. I'm actually some of us stopped and, and gave them our, our website number and our phone number. So if you want to get in cycling, just call us. It's been very rewarding to me because it's been something that keeps me healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm always talking to you about what to eat, what not to eat. Um so it has had a real impact on my attitude toward my health. I've got friends that don't cycle and I look at them and I shake my head because they aren't doing anything. So I'll ride as long as I can get my leg over the bike. And then if they've got a tricycle, I'll try that too. StoryCorps Columbus is a production of WOSU Public Media. This episode was produced by Brent Davis with audio editing by Leticia Wiggins and Mike Thompson. Additional podcast editing by Michael DeBonis. WOSU's digital content director is Nick Hauser. Our Chief Content Director of Arts, Life, and Culture is Brent Davis. Here's something that resonates with you. Share this episode on social media and subscribe to the StoryCorps Columbus podcast at wosu.org slash StoryCorps Columbus or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>